The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. All right, good morning, Fountain of Life Fellowship. It's good to be with you again, brothers and sisters in Christ. And I know there's excitement. You're one week away from having Pastor Matt back. You won't have all these guest pastors then sprinkled in with the wonderful elders who have been preaching as well. But uh, again, you know, uh, so this is a a one-off sermon. You've been going through the book of Colossians, right? So there's continuity, and I think it's great to preach through books of the Bible. You know, as pastors, we'll never run out of things to preach on because the Bible, you know, uh, I don't remember who said it, but it's shallow enough that a child, you know, can swim in it, but it's deep enough that an adult will never reach the bottom. So it's, it's, it is a treasure chest of, of God's goodness. So this is a one-off sermon uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. And the reason I chose it is because we're going to focus on the goodness of God. And, and I hope that as Pastor Matt comes back next week and, and you guys talk about the goodness of God, how you've experienced the goodness of God as a congregation, as leaders have been raised up, or maybe more frequently are serving in different ways, volunteers have been raised up, And it shows the health of a church that your pastor can leave for three months and the church continues because the church is not about the pastor. The church is about Jesus Christ. And so all glory be to him. I know Pastor Matt's excited to come back. I know you're excited to have him back. And so I'm just delighted that I get to kind of have this linking sermon from his sabbatical to when he comes back. Um, I cannot imagine a more gracious invitation to pray than what Jesus gives us in these verses. This is such a gracious invitation to pray. Ask and it will be given to you. Um, Now we're gonna gonna go through this and talk about this because some of you might have some questions. Why I've asked for lots of things and it hasn't been given to me, but the question is, what is it? Is it what you want or is it what God wants for you and wills for you? So we're going to look at those things. Uh, We're also going to look at how much more. So Jesus gives an illustration. And then finally, we're going to look at the golden rule and how this all ties in. Now, whenever you read the Bible, and and I was so thankful for that two-minute testimony about being in God's word, like it's so good. But whenever you read the Bible, it's important to know the context because the verses that were read this morning have been taken out of context many times. Some people use these verses that God is a genie in a bottle, and if you just rub it and ask it the right way, he's going to give you whatever you want, which is why we have the health and wealth gospel today. Name it and claim it, right? If you name it and if you pray hard enough, God's going to give it to you, right? Well, we know this isn't true because even God's own son in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed with tears, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but your will be done. So that's not what this this means. Um, Also, in the context of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is giving, uh, this is chapter seven. This is the summary that Jesus is giving as he wraps up the Sermon on the Mount. What comes right before this is do not judge. For in the same manner that you judge other people, you will be judged. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own eye? So, these are kind of warning texts that Jesus is giving. And you know what? You know what the remedy for not judging other people is? Ask, seek, knock. When you're focused on your father in heaven, 
it's really hard to judge other people. So there's a, there's a continuity here. So we're, we're going to look at this. Um, so uh, a, a gracious invitation to pray. How much more the illustration that Jesus gives and then the golden rule. Here we go. Now in verse seven, there is a, a command promise structure. Ask is actually a command. It's, it's not a suggestion. It's not encouragement. This is a command that Jesus gives. Actually ask, seek, and knock are all commands that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gives to us, but each one of them is followed by a promise. And here's the first one, ask, and it will be given to you. Command, promise. Now that word for ask means to beg. It means to beg. And so the the image that we have is of, of a child begging their parent for something. I mean, children are wonderful beggars, right? Uh, They know how to beg better than anybody else. But it's the idea of an inferior begging to a superior because they know the superior can give them what they need. And so this is our relationship with our Father in heaven. We are his children. He is our Father. We beg. But sometimes the opposite is true in the spiritual life that is true in in our physical life. So as children, all of you remember being small children. You know, Christmas is around the corner. I can't believe stores already have Christmas decorations up. It's way too early. But you can probably remember something you begged for as a child or hoped that your parents would give you for Christmas. But you know what happens? As we get older, we stop begging our parents. Because we get older, we get more independent, I can't wait till I don't have to pay for my son's gas anymore. Honestly, I can't wait until he has his own job and I don't have to pay for his gas. I mean, I love doing it, but I can't wait to when I don't have to do it anymore. But do you know what the opposite is true in the spiritual life? That actually, as we grow spiritually, we don't grow more independent from God, but we grow more dependent on God. Because we realize more and more, God, I I can do nothing without you. Forgive me for thinking most of my life that I was the one in control, that I was the one who was doing all these things. God, it's you. And, And what a beautiful unveiling that takes place when we begin to see the glory of God and his goodness in every area of our life. So beg, ask. Now, what should you ask for? Well, again, when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord's Prayer is a beautiful model of what we are to ask for. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. These are the things that Jesus instruct us early in the Sermon on the Mount to ask for. But here's my question to you. Do you ask? Now, I just realized I forgot to ask for God's blessing on this sermon. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you give us this gracious invitation to pray. That, Father, you you are a God who sees us, You hear us, you know us, and you give us everything we need and so much more. And we know this is true because of Jesus. We pray that you would be glorified, that you would be made known this morning. 
And I pray that, Lord, we would experience your goodness. I also pray for Pastor Matt as he preaches at Anaheim CRC. Bless him. Give him great delight as he preaches today and as he prepares to return next Sunday to Fountain of Life Fellowship. God, may your name be hallowed. May your kingdom come and may your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Ask and you shall receive. Okay. Uh, so the question is, do we ask? And to be honest with you, well, actually, I had a beautiful experience this morning here at Fountain of Life in the prayer room. What a beautiful time of prayer of, of servants of the church praying before the service. And, and it is so refreshing. But prayer is like physical exercise. Um, I like to run. Uh, most people hate running. Actually, I hate running, except when I'm done, then I love running. And sometimes prayer feels the same way that you're like, oh, I don't have time to pray. But then once you spend sweet time in fellowship with God or with other believers in prayer, it feels so good to your soul. Your soul is filled to the brim. It's so good. So why do our prayers go unanswered? James 4 verse 2, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. If you're not asking God for much, you shouldn't expect much. See, that's one of the beautiful things about prayer. That's one of the beautiful things about begging is that when you beg, you anticipate receiving what you're asking for. What should I do with this mic? Is it, is it giving a little feedback? No, oh, I'm good. Okay, it's just me. It's not, okay. Uh, we, we don't ask. You know, sometimes we spend more time thinking through, and, and this is why people become anxious, because they're constantly, you know, turning over things in their mind. They're thinking about things, uh, and it weighs on them. Uh, or maybe they spend more time talking to other people about things, but talk to the one who can actually do something about it. Go to God. If, if you're anxious about something, what does scripture say? Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. You don't have to hold on to these things. If, if you're having sleepless nights, now, now there's feedback, right? Okay, I need to adjust this. Let me see. Okay, I'll go out more. Maybe that's better. Is that better? Okay. If you're having sleep, sleepless nights about something, give it, to your, give it to God in prayer. I love, there's a member of our church who oftentimes, uh, you know, the, the hard thing is when you're older and you have more time to sleep, oftentimes you can't sleep, Right? And there's a dear member of our church who says, well, God wakes me up at 2 a.m. every morning to pray. So she prays. She, she has a whole prayer list of people that she prays for. Um, now, some of you might say, well, I have asked God. I have begged God persistently for, for maybe something very specific, for the salvation of someone you love or for someone who's sick and, and God didn't answer. And so maybe you feel like, you know, what, what's the point? I, I asked and I asked and I begged and, and nothing happened. Well, again, what is it? Because when we pray, we're drawing closer to our father. We're not praying just to get something from him. We're praying because we want to cultivate a deeper relationship with him. And if you're only praying to him because you want something from him, you don't value the relationship. You just value what he gives you. But no, we, we value the relationship. You know, another reason why some people maybe don't ask is because you're afraid. You know, one of the hardest prayers to pray is, is God lead me and guide me. And it's hard to pray because we want to be in control. And some people are afraid to pray, God lead me and guide me, because they're afraid that God will call you to some far off country where you don't want to go. 
right? And so, you know what? It's, it's just easier for me to be in control of my life than to submit myself fully to Jesus and ask him to be the king of, of my heart and my life. Or sometimes we're afraid to ask God because maybe our motives are not pure. Maybe we want selfish things and say, so, yeah, I really can't ask God for that because, but you know what? You should, and you should pray, God, would you please search my heart and know if my motives are pure? Ask and it will be given to you. And again, the it is what our Father in heaven knows is best for us. Ask and it. So you ask and you trust that God is going to give you what he knows is best for you. You know, I actually thank God that this is not a universal promise. Because when I look back at my life, and maybe when you look back at your life, if everything you asked God for, he answered, how different would your life be? Maybe you wouldn't be married to the spouse that you're married to today. Maybe you wouldn't have the, the job that you have today. Maybe you asked and so many doors were closed that led you to where you are today. And so I thank God that he doesn't give us whatever we ask for because usually what we ask for is not for our good. But God knows what is for our good. Seek. Here's the next command. Seek and you will find. Now to seek means to look and to strive for. A game that almost all of us probably played as, as children was hide and seek. Hide and seek. When, when you're the one who's it, you, you are seeking. You are intently looking for other people to find them. The question is, what, what are you seeking? What are you striving for in life? Here's a couple verses from scripture that encourage us in what we are to seek. The first is uh, the problem that we have. Second Chronicles 12 verse 14, this is after King Solomon has died. His son Rehoboam has become king. It says, and he did evil for he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. Psalm 10, verse four, in the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Psalm 105, verse four, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. And then Jeremiah 29, verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What are you seeking? What are you striving for? Because Jesus promises, seek and you will find. Whatever you're seeking, you're gonna find it. The question is, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? And then finally, and really ask, seek and knock are all reinforcing the same point that Jesus is making. He does it three times just to get it through. Ask, seek, knock is a command. Knock and it will be open to you. Knock means to, to knock on a door, you know, to rap for entrance. Now, have you ever gone up to somebody's door before and you really didn't want them to open the door so you knocked very lightly? And then you're like, oh, I guess they're not there, I'll go away. But then you've had other times where you are pounding on that door because you know they're in there and you want them to open up. Knock and it will be open to you. And then Jesus repeats this again, doesn't he? He repeats it again. Those who ask will receive, those who seek will find, and those who knock the door will be open. He repeats it two times. What does Jesus do? He's trying to rouse us from our inactivity. 
our inactivity in, in seeking God and asking. And Jesus is teaching that there is full conviction that when you pray, your father hears you. Now, again, it doesn't mean he's gonna give you whatever you want, but he hears you, he sees you, he knows you, and he will give it. He will give what he knows is best for you. But two things are essential, I believe, to do this. One is to know our need, that we are beggars before God. And every good and perfect gift comes from him. And so we ask and we seek and we knock. And second, knowing the riches of grace that are in Christ Jesus. You know, if, if somebody told you in Huntington Beach that there was a treasure chest that washed up on shore and that every day if you went to Huntington Beach, this treasure chest was filled with gold. And every day you could go there and you could get as much gold as you needed for every day. Would you go? Every day we have the treasure chest of grace in Jesus Christ that we can go before our father in heaven and trust he will give us the grace and the mercy we need for every day. Do you seek it every day? And then Jesus paints a picture of, of how much more, how much more our father in heaven gives good gifts to those who ask. Verse nine, or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Now bread and fish were the staples of the Galilean diet. And, and Jesus is making a basic point here. Parents give what is good to their children. Loving parents give what is good to their children. And so if, if a parent, if a, if a child asks for a cheeseburger, you're not gonna give them you know, a bun with sand in the middle, right? You're not gonna give them a little sandwich. Or if, if your child asks for um, fruit snacks, you're not gonna give your child poison berries, right? It's, it's just common sense. And everybody's like, yeah, you know, if your son asks for uh, bread, you're not gonna give him a stone. That, that would be ridiculous. And then Jesus goes on verse 11, if you then who are evil, <laughs> ouch, He doesn't say, if we then who are evil, because there is one who is good and one alone, and that is God, Jesus Christ, you who are evil, you who are by nature objects of God's wrath. And the only way to be turned from evil is, and I again appreciate the testimony, it's not by trying to do more good works, it's by repenting and trusting in Jesus Christ that he has done everything needed for our salvation, that we are righteous, not because of what we do or don't do, but because of what he has done for us, we are clothed in his righteousness. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? How much more? So when, when I look at parents in, in our church, and I'm sure this is true in your church, parents love their children so much and they want what is best for their children. And, and they will go, they will bend over backwards to give what is best for their children so that their children can, can thrive and do well. But you know, it's also true. No one can hurt you like your children. No one can hurt you like your children. And, and when I reflect on this verse and I think, Father, how many times have I rejected you? 
Have I denied your goodness? Have I forsaken your goodness? Have I belittled your goodness thinking that what you were giving me wasn't good enough? I wanted something different. But what Jesus is doing here is he is contrasting the evil of humanity with the boundless goodness of God. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven? You see, our Father in heaven only gives what is good. Do you believe that? Our Father in heaven only gives what is good. Uh, A.W. Tozer once said, what comes into a person's mind or what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. When you think about God, what comes into your mind? Is God good or is he stingy? Is God looking at you with a disappointing, shaking finger? Or do you, when you think of God, do you know that he delights in you? Is God pre present or is he distant? Is God, is God able or is he not? What comes into your mind when you think about God? Our father only gives good gifts, which means it's all bread. Our father in heaven does not give stones. Now I thought about this, um, this phrase, it's all bread. Paul Miller wrote a book called A Praying Life. And I don't know if you've heard of Paul Miller. It's a great book, A Praying Life. Uh, Paul Miller learned a lot about prayer from his daughter who is nonverbal. She has cognitive disability, she can't speak. And so she gets very frustrated because it's hard for her to get across what she needs. And he said, this is kind of like our relationship with our father in heaven. Sometimes we feel nonverbal, like we don't know how to pray or what to pray for. And so uh, he, he learned about how to pray like a child through his daughter, Kim. And uh, in, in this book, A Praying Life, you know, he gets invited to speak, you know, to different groups about a praying life. And his daughter has uh, a job walking dogs. And the only way that she can walk dogs is either if Paul or his wife or if her job coach is with her. And so Paul had just gotten back from speaking at a conference, you know, to, to many people. And now here he is uh, walking with his daughter. She's walking dogs. And when the dogs go to the bathroom, do you know who has to clean it up? Whoever's with her. And so here's Paul just speaking to many people about a praying life, a sought after speaker. Now here he is picking up somebody else's dog poo. And Paul said it hit him that moment. It's all bread. God, thank you. Thank you that this is the, one of the ways that you keep me humble. That here I am on a cold day on the East Coast with my daughter, with these dogs, stooping down and picking up dog poop God, you are so good to me in keeping me humble because otherwise my pride would become inflated. I would become inflated. God, thank you. And that's when he said, it's all bread. I love that perspective of life that no matter what happens, it's all bread. Our father doesn't give stones. So I read that and then uh, my parents, my parents love to give us good gifts. My parents took uh, myself, uh, my brother, my sister and our families to Cancun in May. When we were there, there was a hurricane. And so we got in on a Saturday, it was a beautiful day, but when you looked at the weather forecast, this hurricane was, uh, Hurricane Irma, I believe it was at the time, was moving in. 
And so on Sunday, we had a family worship service in our hotel room, and I read this text. And I encouraged my family, it's all bread. It looks like it's gonna rain a lot this week. We're not gonna be able to sit out by the pool. Uh, We're not gonna be able to go in the ocean because heavy winds and a lot of rain are gonna come in. It's all bread. This is a gift that we can be together in this place. And so people were saying that all week. It's all bread. As we looked at the palm trees waving and the rain pouring down, it's all bread. Uh, There was one day, there was a sushi bar outside. And so our family likes sushi. and, And one day, I mean, the rain was coming down in sheets, but the only way you could get sushi was if you went outside of the sushi bar. And so we, I went with my nieces and my two daughters and we're sitting underneath this, you know, palm leaf covered uh, shack. The rain is coming sideways. So we're, we're drenched, but we're eating sushi. Uh, it's all bread. I thought about writing a book, Sushi in the Storm, right? Wouldn't that be a good book? But, but, but it's all bread. Um, I was thinking about that phrase, it's all bread, uh, when my son got into a car accident. Uh, he was actually pulling out of our driveway. He said he looked left, he looked right. He didn't look left again, he pulled out and he got hit. And, you know, um, just been in men, men's ministry and we had talked about this, it's all bread, it's all bread. He wasn't hurt, the person that he hit wasn't hurt, both cars were totaled, but they weren't hurt, it's all bread. We have insurance, it's all bread. Um, I was sharing this with people when I'd go visit them, it's all bread. And then I had to go to Synod this past year. You know, Synod was in June, our Christian Reformed Synod, our annual meeting, and it was, it was a, a big one. We hadn't met for two years. We talked about the human sexuality report and it was at Calvin University's campus and I would have to be in a room with another person. And I was kind of, I was concerned about that, you know, Uh, I don't know this person. We're going to be in the same dorm room together for a week or 10 days. And I was telling this person about it. And do you know what the person said to me? It's all bread. Oh, that's right. Thank you. And I love it. You know, it's nothing's better as a pastor than when you teach people things, then they have to teach them back to you. So I had, it's, it's all bread. And you know what? It was all bread. It was delightful. But listen to some of these verses that teach us it's all bread. Romans 8, verse 28, for we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. It's all bread. And then think about this one. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. It's all bread because Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And then Matthew 26, verse 26. Now, as they were eating, this is the last supper, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body. It's all bread. Our Lord and Savior is bread. He is food for our souls. God only gives good gifts to his children. And so how foolish we are, how foolish we are when things don't go the way that we think and we begin to complain. You know, even even when there's a natural disaster, do you know what people call it? An act of God. When something good happens, they don't call it an act of God. But when something devastating happens, oh, that's an act of God. 
You know, what, what picture do people have in their mind of God that he's looking to, to destroy and to cause chaos? No, it's all bread. God is working. Even though earthly parents do make mistakes, you know, there's plenty of times when me as a parent, I thought, boy, if I had to go back and do things when my kids were little, I'd, I'd probably do them differently. But our father in heaven never has that. He doesn't make a mistake. He doesn't mistreat his children. He always gives good gifts. And so really when Jesus says, ask, seek and knock, this is a gracious invitation for us to surrender all our desires, all our passions, all our wants to God and to trust that he will give us what we need. You know, too often we don't share God's perspective on what is good. Again, we think wealth is good. We think that health is good. We think that happiness is good, but they're not always good if they drive us away from faith in Jesus Christ. You know, Luke, Luke gets a little bit more specific in, in his verse. He says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you ask our Father in heaven to give you more of the Holy Spirit every day? Because that's my greatest need. Because the Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the counselor. You have a 24-7 counselor. Do you know that? I mean, earthly counselors can give you some help, but you have a 24-7 counselor and he's God and he lives within you. And the Holy Spirit is the convictor of my sin. And I praise him for it. I praise him for it. The Holy Spirit is the one who unites us to Christ. You know, this past week, um, I went and listened to Sinclair Ferguson uh, with some other pastor pals. And Sinclair Ferguson was talking about the apostle Paul and how when you read the New Testament, uh, they didn't call themselves Christians. The culture called them Christians, but you know what they saw their chief identity as? United with Christ. They were in Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gets us in Christ and Christ in us. Okay, so we've talked about a gracious invitation to pray. How much more will our Father give us good gifts? It's all bread. It's all bread. And now we have this golden rule, which is kind of strange. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. How does that fit in? Well, here's how. Because our Father in heaven is so good to us, how can we not be good to other people? Now, what Jesus teaches here in some ways is not new. Uh, other teachers before him and during his time taught this rule, but they taught in the negative. Do not do to others what you would not want them to do to you, which means you could do nothing, <laughs> right? But Jesus puts it in its positive form. No, you have to do something. And again, in light of what Jesus has just taught before this, because your father in heaven only gives you good gifts, how can you not do good to other people? And this does sum the law and the prophets. And, and again, we don't do good because we're trying to earn God's favor. We do good because we have received his favor in Jesus Christ. You see, the cross is what teaches us that it's all bread. The death of Jesus Christ shows us how much our father cares about us and his goodness, even in the midst 
of the most awful thing that happened in human history, the death of the Son of God. But that awful thing is now the most awesome thing that ever happened because it is for our salvation. It's for our joy. It's that we can have a relationship with our Father in heaven. It's all bread. And so, Fountain of Life, as you get ready to receive Pastor Matt back next week and you begin kind of a new chapter, right? A new chapter as you reconnect and as you are energized for what God has in store. I pray that regardless of what happens, because things may not go the way that you plan, but that whatever happens, number one, you would receive Jesus' gracious invitation to pray, ask, seek, knock. If you're not asking for much, you shouldn't expect much. That you would realize that no matter what happens, our Father in heaven does not give stone, he gives bread. It's all bread. It's all bread. And that because God has been so good to you, you can be good to each other. You can be good to those in your community. You can be good to those in your workplace because your focus is not on what other people are doing or not doing. It's all about on what our Father has done for us through his Son, Jesus Christ, and to him be the glory forever and ever. And I pray that that would be a growing reality in this church. Uh, I'm so thankful for this church, for the health that God has given this church. And I look forward to hearing the stories of, of God's goodness as this church continues, Lord willing, until Jesus comes again. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your love for us in Christ. And Jesus, we do praise you for this gracious invitation to pray, to ask, to seek, and to knock, and to trust Father, that you know what's best for us. Help us not to grow frustrated when, when we pray for things that don't happen, but help us to grow in faith and trusting that you know best. We thank you so much for the assurance that, Father, you only give good gifts to your children. You don't give stones, you don't give scorpions. You only give what is good. And so help us to trust you in that because there may be some here this morning who are not experiencing the goodness of health or the goodness of, of relationships. But Lord, help them to even see that it's all bread because in the challenges that we face, you do draw us closer to you as we are dependent on you. And I actually thank you for the seasons in my life where you have stripped away the idols and you, you've stripped away the things that I may have put my trust in too much so that I depend solely on you. And Father, we thank you so much that because you are so good to us, we can be good to others. I pray that you would fill us more and more with your Holy Spirit, that you would give us a genuine delight in Jesus, a genuine delight in worship here this morning, and a great anticipation for what you will do. Lord, I ask for your blessing on Pastor Matt and Marcia and their children and Fountain of Life as they prepare to reconnect next week, that it would all be bread that it would all be your goodness. Thank you for your love for us, which never fails. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. And we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.